Good morning, church. So very good to see you this morning. As always, I love you and I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being part of our worship this morning. We're in the middle of a series entitled Comparatively Speaking. We're talking about our tendency to compare ourselves to each other, to evaluate ourselves, which is important. And we're talking a lot this year about evaluating ourselves, but we need to avoid evaluating ourselves by comparison. And I think people have always tended to compare themselves to other people, but I think there's some things about our culture and the moment we're in right now in time that makes us even more prone to compare ourselves to each other. One of those things is probably social media, don't you think? It's really hard when you scroll through social media and you see pictures that other people have posted from their life or what they want you to think is their life, uh, and you see their pictures, or maybe you just read things that they wrote. It's really hard not to compare yourself to them. In fact, one study showed that people go on social media in order to feel better, but this is the next slide. They go on social media to feel better, but 57% admitted, and this is just the percentage of people that were being honest, admitted that after going on social media, they felt that someone has a better life than them. It's really hard, isn't it? To, To look around at other people and think, they're funnier than I am, or they, they have a better life than I do. More people like them. They get invited to things I don't get invited to. They have more money than I have. They go on better vacations than I do. Their kids are better behaved than mine. They, they, they look better than I do. Whatever it is, we have this tendency, don't we? To compare ourselves to other people. And it, and it really makes us pretty miserable sometimes, doesn't it? When we compare our life to someone else's life, it makes us pretty miserable. In fact, somebody said, it might have been Theodore Roosevelt, I don't know, but Theodore Roosevelt or someone said, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that's true, don't you? Comparison is the thief of joy. Either you compare yourself to someone else and you think, I am so much better than them. I'm I'm pretty much the best. And if you think that you're the best... Even that is not a joyful thing. Because inevitably, someone will come along that will make you second guess whether or not you really are the best. And you'll you'll lose your peace because you'll constantly feel like you have to defend the top of the mountain. You constantly feel like you have to defend your spot as the best. Or, probably more likely, you compare yourself to someone else and you'll say... I'm not as good as them, I'm not as good as them, I'm not as smart as them, I'm not as pretty as they are, I'm not as clever as they are, I'm not as wise as they are, I'm not as talented as they are, I'm not good enough, and you'll find yourself miserable. But, but it's, not just, it's not just being miserable that I want to talk to us about this morning. And it's not just social media. Of course, we do this all, all the time, don't we? People have always done this, and we do this at work, and we do this at school, and we even do this in church. So, and it's not just that it makes us feel bad. I, I hate that it makes us feel bad, but that's, that's kind of beside the point. One of the things that it does, when we, when we get into that mode of self-loathing, 
and I, I hope I'm not the only one that, that has ever gotten into a point of, well, actually, I hope you've not self-loathed, but, but I'm assuming that I'm not the only one, that we've, we've all had those moments, maybe those days or weeks or months or years where we get into this rut of self-loathing. When we're in those, those moments, when we're in those times where we, we just can't stand ourselves because we think we're not good enough, in those moments, it's not just that we feel bad about ourselves, that's bad, but it's that we can't, in those moments, really love other people. When you loathe yourself, you can't really love others. Isn't that true? When you loathe yourself, when you hate yourself, when you feel like I'm not as good as they are and you're sitting there and you're kind of having a, a pity party and you're miserable because you're not as good as someone else is at whatever, you're not really loving other people. When you, when you are in that, that sort of discouraged rut, you're unloving and unproductive and unhelpful because you're, you're sitting there and simply having a, a pity party. So here's a question I, I want us to really kind of ponder as we start this morning is this. Has the feeling that you're not good enough kept you from doing enough good? Has the feeling that you're not good enough kept you from doing enough good? Think about those times where maybe Mark Bryson has stood up here and has asked for volunteers and said, hey, we really need people to volunteer for this or that. Or, or maybe you got an email from Mikey or from Rosalind asking you to, to teach in a Bible class. Or, or maybe there's been an appeal one way or another for, for you to help with something. And you haven't volunteered. And you haven't signed up. And you haven't stepped up. And one of the reasons that you kind of tell yourself that I, I can't do that because I'm not good enough, or there are people that are more talented than I am, or there's other people who are more qualified than I am, and meanwhile, there are people scrambling to try to get anybody to help with something, and, and we're not helping and stepping up and signing up and volunteering because we don't feel like we're good enough. Have you ever been there? Where because you, you spent so much time comparing yourself to other people and you feel like you don't measure up and you feel like you're not good enough, you, you haven't loved the way that you were supposed to love. You haven't helped the way that you could have helped. You haven't served the way you could have served. You haven't volunteered the way you could have volunteered because you keep telling yourself that you're not as good as he is or you're not as good as she is or she's smarter than you are or he's more talented than you are. And meanwhile, you're not doing the good that Jesus wants you to do. You're not loving the way Jesus wants you to love. You're not helping and serving the way he wants you to help and serve because you're comparing yourself to other people. The, the church in Corinth, as we've already been talking about this morning, the church in Corinth, they, they had a real struggle with comparing themselves to other people and comparing others with other people, constantly sort of forming these groups and rivalries and competitions and comparisons. And because of that, they were incredibly divided. One of the things, one of the ways that they made comparison, they loved to compare preachers to one another. They love to compare preachers to one another and say, this preacher, so much better than that preacher. And, and this apostle, so much better than that apostle. In the ancient world, rhetoric, 
was really important. How someone spoke and whether or not they were effective speakers. And so they would do this with the Apostle Paul. They would compare Paul to other preachers. And they really, a lot of people in Corinth didn't think Paul measured up. They didn't think he was a very impressive preacher. They were, again, constantly making these sorts of comparisons. And Paul knew that. We've talked about this before. Paul knew that that they thought he didn't measure up. They thought that he didn't really compare well to other speakers. But I want you to notice the way Paul handles that. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17. Paul says, Christ did not send me to baptize. He's talking about how many people in Corinth he had baptized but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. In other words, in other words, my my paraphrase of what Paul is saying here is, I'm not going to play y'all's game. I'm not going to play y'all's game. I, I know that you think I'm not an eloquent speaker. I know you think that. I know you think that so and so is a better speaker than I am, but when I came and I preached the gospel to you, I preached it with the power of God, not with eloquent words. Then the gospel would be emptied of its power. If it was all about how talented I am. Do you see, Paul could have fallen into that comparison trap, couldn't he? He could have, he could have fallen into that rut of self-loathing and say, you're right. I'm not a very good speaker. I'm not eloquent, and I don't talk like Apollos does, and I'm just not as talented as he is, and Peter, he's better than me, and he's been an apostle longer than I am. I'm no good. What good am I? I can't really serve God. I, what, what use am I to the kingdom? But Paul said, I, I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to play that comparison game. I'm not going to sit here and feel worthless because you don't think I compare to someone else. But think about how often you or I have fallen into that trap and how we have failed to be as effective in the kingdom as we could be because we fell into the comparison trap, because we keep comparing ourselves to other people, feeling sorry for ourselves and saying, I'm not as good as he is or I'm not as good as she is, so I might as well not do anything. Paul wasn't going to play that game. Paul wasn't going to play that game. He said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how talented I am compared to someone else. I may not be as clever as he is. I may not be able to string words together as well as he does. I I may not have the kind of rhetoric that he has, but I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's where the power lies. Not in my talents, not in my abilities, but in the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where the power lies. Now, do you understand that you have the same opportunity to grasp onto that power and for that power to live and dwell in you? Don't don't spend any time feeling like you can't be effective serving God, serving others, because you don't have the same talents that someone else has. Keep going, look at verse 26. He, he reminds them of their background, verse 26 of chapter 1. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose. God chose. Intentionally, God chose what is foolish 
in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human might boast in the presence of God. God intentionally chooses the things that are comparatively small so that he gets the glory, so that the big things or the wise things or the powerful things or the noble things don't take the credit so that God gets the credit. God loves to use small things. God loves to use the people that are comparatively weak. So weak people ought never to say, I'm too weak for God to use me. No, you're exactly the kind of person that God likes to use. Nobody ought to say, I'm not talented enough for God to use me. You're exactly the kind of person that God loves to use. When I read this passage, I think of my friend Bill. Bill's gone on to be with the Lord now, but in this little church I preach for in Arkansas, Bill was probably the most effective person there at bringing people to the Lord and encouraging other people. He was there every time the doors were open. Not only was he there every time the doors were open, he was the one who opened the doors and closed the doors. He was by the front door of the church building every single time we met. Bill was an incredibly faithful Christian. He loved people, he served people, he helped people. He was incredibly effective at bringing other people to the Lord. In fact, his friend Donnie was right there with him every time the doors were open. And the thing about Bill, Bill was illiterate. Bill couldn't read, but he knew the scriptures and he knew Jesus. What if, what if someone, what if you, what if any of us we're to compare ourselves to other people and measure ourselves by these arbitrary standards of measurement and say, I'm not good enough or smart enough or talented enough to serve the Lord. Paul would say, nonsense, nonsense. God loves to use people just like you. Look at verse 30. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. In other words, Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our sanctification. Jesus is our redemption. So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Let the one who boasts, boast in who? The Lord. Not in yourself. That's what this comparison thing is all about. And this is where we have to stop. The answer to self-loathing and self-doubt is not self-confidence. Let me say that again. The answer to self-loathing and self-doubt is not self-confidence. That's how the world answers these things, isn't it? The, the world says, oh, you feel bad about yourself. You're lacking in confidence. You, you, you doubt yourself. So you, you ought to think about all the things you're talented in. You ought to think about how good you are, how strong you are, how smart you are, how wise you are, how funny you are, how good looking you are. The, the world tries to bolster our self-confidence as an answer to our self-doubt and our self-loathing, but that's not what the gospel does. Jesus says, put your confidence in him. Our answer to self-loathing and self-doubt is confidence in Jesus. 
Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our sanctification. Jesus is our redemption. So when we have those moments where we're comparing ourselves and we say, I'm I'm not good, I'm not strong, I'm not smart, I'm not wise, then we remember, but he is, he is wise, he is strong, he is good, and it's his power that's at work in you, so get busy. Do what he's calling you to do. Serve, volunteer, help, love, do good. Not because you're strong and smart and good and wise, but because he is. Look at chapter 2 and verse 1. And I, when I came to you, brothers, I didn't come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He goes on, verse 3, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul said, I, I know, I know I don't measure up. I know I don't compare. And by the way, he reminds them, neither did you. Neither did you. None of us did. We were all weak. We were all fearful. We were all trembling. We weren't noble. We weren't powerful. We weren't awesome. But that's the whole point. It's so that his power can be seen in our weakness. God loves to use people like us. And so he says, when I was with you, I I decided I wasn't going to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I want your confidence not to be in talent or ability or wisdom, or cleverness, or rhetoric, but in the power of God as demonstrated through the Spirit. Look at chapter 3 and verse 1. But I, brothers, I couldn't address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for it. And even now you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh. And what's he talking about? Why is it that the Corinthian church is still of the flesh? Why are they still babies? Why are they still infants in Christ? He says, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? That's what comparison is, isn't it? It's jealousy. Jealousy and strife, he says, these are of the flesh. Here's a definition of jealousy. Jealousy is intense negative feelings over another's achievements or success. It's really easy for us to just say, oh, I'm not not a jealous person. I'm not a jealous person. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. When you see someone else that's incredibly successful, when you see somebody that's incredibly smart, when you see somebody that's incredibly clever, when they can string words together in an incredibly effective way, when, when, they, when they look really beautiful, when they have lots of money, when they go on great vacations, when their family seems all put together, are you telling me you never have intense negative feelings over another's achievements or success? Paul says this, this jealousy and this strife, this comparing yourself to one another And being bitter because someone else has a talent that you don't have or an ability that you don't have. This comparing preachers to each other, comparing yourselves to other people, forming rivalries, this competition, this comparison, it is fleshly. 
This is not from the Spirit of God. In fact, James, the little brother of Jesus, would say this kind of selfish ambition, selfish ambition, this this type of ambition and this jealousy, James would say it's demonic, it's earthly, it's unspiritual. This is not of the Spirit. This does not contribute to love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Paul says the reason you've got so many divisions and this, these rivalries and these factions and these groups and this competition is because you're not being spiritual people. You're not walking by the Spirit. Now, that was all just introduction. Chapter 4, verse 1. Here's our text. <laughs> Real quick. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. That's that's how I want you to see me, he says. Just see me as a servant and a steward of the mysteries of God. This this doesn't belong to me, just a steward of it. This is just God's mysteries that he's given to me to hold on to and to give to you. I'm just a servant of his. What if you and I all thought of ourselves that way? We're just servants. We're just stewards. We're not trying to be the best. We're not trying to be more awesome than someone else. We're just trying to be servants of God. And he says, verse 2, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found, what, church? Faithful. That they be found faithful. That's the question. Are you faithful? Are you, are you doing what you're called to do? Are you being who you're called to be? He says, but with me, verse 3, but with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself. I love that, don't you? That's what we're doing when we compare ourselves to other people, aren't we? That's what we're doing when we compare other people to one another. When we say, oh, you're, you're better than he is. You're better than she is. I like you better than I like them. You're doing much better at this than they are. I'm doing much better than you are. Or I'm doing much better than they are. We're setting ourselves up as the judge, aren't we? And Paul says, it doesn't mean much to me that you're judging me. That, that doesn't mean very much to me. In fact, Paul says, I don't even judge myself. I, I'm not even the judge of my own work. He says, for I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I'm not thereby acquitted. Just because I don't know of any way that I've fallen short of what I'm called to do, it doesn't mean that I'm innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. We ought to step back sometimes when we're doing all this comparison, even when we're comparing ourselves. Even when we're saying, oh, they're so much better than I am. They're so much smarter than I am. They're they're such a better Christian than I am. And we ought to ask ourselves, who do you think you are? Who Who do you think you are acting like the judge like that? That's not your place. That's not your place. To compare this person to that person or to compare yourself to someone else, that's not your place. Paul says, it's the Lord who judges me. He says, you can compare me to all these other preachers all you want to, but at the end of the day, it's not even me who judges me. It's the Lord who judges me. 
Verse 5, therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then, then, when the Lord comes, each one will receive his commendation from God. It's, it's the Lord who gets to say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. When, when I'm tempted to compare myself, and I, I struggle with this, do you? When I'm, I'm tempted to compare myself to other people, when I'm, con- when I'm tempted to compare other people to one another, I should stop and ask myself, who in the world do I think I am? Who do I think I am making those kinds of comparisons? I don't know all the facts here. I can't see people's hearts here. I can't see what's done behind closed doors here. I don't know everything that I would need to know in order to make a right comparison here. It's the Lord who does the judging, and it's the Lord who will do the commending. It's the Lord who will do the commending. He's the one who gets to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And Paul's really saying here, there's going to be a lot of surprises on that day. He's telling them there's going to be a lot of surprises when the Lord comes and he tells you who exactly was faithful and who wasn't faithful. You're going to be surprised. So don't make judgments before the proper time. So here's my encouragement for us this morning. Do good and let let God be the judge of how well you've done. What What if we did that? Just do good and let God be the judge of how well you've done. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that take a a burden off of our shoulders to just say, you know what, I'm not going to compare how well I've done compared to anybody else. I'm just going to do what I can do. I'm just going to use the talents and the abilities and the strengths that I have. I'm even going to use my weaknesses. I'm going to let God be glorified in me. I'm going to serve. I'm going to love. I'm going to help. And I'm going to volunteer. And I'm going to step up. And I'm going to sign up. And I'm going to do what I need to do and let God be the judge of how well I've done. Maybe there's somebody here this morning and you're struggling under a heavy burden and you need to let that go. Maybe you are ready to be baptized into Jesus or maybe you just need your brothers and sisters in Christ to pray with you and pray for you. We are not in competition with one another. We are not here to compare ourselves with one another. We are here to bear one another's burdens. So if our shepherds can help you with your burdens or you can share them with all of us and we'll pray with you and pray for you, now's a great opportunity as together we stand and sing this song.